become just a teeny bit better than you were last year and then repeat that every year. Senior maverick and founding editor of Wired magazine, Kevin Kelly, doesn't just offer that advice. He offers a way to achieve it. When Kevin turned 68, he started writing down life lessons that he's found useful for his children. And the result is a book of 450 modern proverbs for a pretty good life. They've worked for Kevin. He's written best-selling books, launched a magazine, traveled the world. He touts the necessity for long-term thinking, and he's known as a relentless optimist in the face of challenging times and constantly changing technology. His new book is called Excellent Advice for Living. Wisdom I Wish I'd Known Earlier, and Kevin Kelly joins me now. Hello. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Lovely to chat to you. Yeah. Uh, The 68th birthday is not a milestone birthday, Kevin. Why was it this one that put you in the mood to (laughs) gather some ideas and and write them down? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Boy, Um, I'm not sure why it was my 68th. It was not as you said, a rounded number. I just felt that for a while I've been kind of jotting down some things that I thought I should tell my kids who were adult children by then. And um, I just finally made a list. And then I thought, well, it's close to my birthday. I should gift it kind of like an Irish or a Hobbit (laughs) birthday where you give out gifts instead of get them. And (laughs) I... um, I just shared it with them. There weren't there were sixty eight bits of it, and they kind of were sh- went went viral when um, when I posted them later on. Yeah. And so uh, it wasn't. I didn't think it was a very big thing at the time. It was just kind of a nice gesture, <laughs> and it kind of grew as um, they were appreciated so much. That I kept adding to them for several years after that. Just and we'll cover some of these, but just to give listeners an idea of the sort of thing we're talking about, um, advice on how to talk to people. Listening is a superpower. When talking to someone you love, keep asking them, "Is there more?" Until there is no more. How to be interesting? The more you are interested in others, the more interesting they'll find you. How to earn respect? Be honest about your faults. Nothing elevates a person higher than taking responsibility. It's great stuff, and it goes on. Um, did writing these thoughts, writing this wisdom down, change anything for you or, or give you any sort of realization? You know, I, I started jotting some of these ideas, these proverbs down for my own sake, just just to help me. There were things that I would learn in my experience at work or among friends that I thought, gee, I, I, I want to remember that because I want I want to do that. I want to be like that. I want to make that my habit. And I would jot something down and try and put it into my own words and compress it in some ways so that I could remember it, so I could recall it. And, um, you know, there were things like um, something I learned from an editor at at Whole Earth where I was working was um, if you get invited to do something six months from now, ask yourself whether you would do it if it was tomorrow (laughs) because oftentimes you probably wouldn't do it and tomorrow will be there and and sooner than you thought and so i you know i would jot that down and say yeah i I gotta you know that's a good thing and so even today when i'm invited to do something in six months (laughs) i ask myself 
hmm, would I do that if it was tomorrow morning? And usually the answer is no. And so I can make a decisive, um, I can't, you know, no thanks right now. Yeah, and thank you for accepting our invitation, by the way. We really appreciate it. <laughs> is it is it harder to gain real wisdom when people are getting their information from Google rather than from experience more than they used to? You know, um, yeah, the whole point of advice is that you can um, gain things without having to make all the mistakes yourself. I think it is possible that you can that you can actually live a better life by paying attention to advice. You don't have to make all the mistakes. Hmm. It's inevitable that you're going to make mistakes, and uh, making mistakes is a great way to learn. But the whole point of advice is that you don't have to make all the mistakes. And so um, I think it is possible to pay attention to what other people know, and it can help you move forward in life and aim towards your dreams. Um, and that's been true of me. I think I have, well, I kind of, I kind of re respect wise people because when I look at their lives, it seems as if um, they have achieved some of their dreams. And I think it is in part because they were wise. They were taking a longer view. Mm -hmm. They were, they were in some ways um, benefiting from previous generations who gave advice. It's one of the ironies of parenting. I'm a parent as well. I've got four young children, and I think about some of the stuff that ma that made me the lessons that I learnt. Would I wish uh, the same experiences on my children? No, I want to protect them from. Um, hard or, or tough experiences. I want them just to get the wisdom, but some sometimes you gotta live that stuff, right? Yeah, it's it's um parenting is this balance of um what's the word I want to use, kind of um uh your your dream of, of protection and then, you know, uh experience. And so you want to protect them from the worst, but you absolutely want them to experience things so that when you're not around to protect them, mm -hmm. they can be <laughs> on their own. And so that's, that's the whole thing is when they're very young, you're heavy on the protection. As they get older, you have to let go and let them experience things. And so you kind of want it in kind of managed experience or what I call managed failure. <laughs> you, you want to be, there, there's, Good ways to fail and, and worse ways. <laughs> and the good ways to fail is to fail often, to fail small, to fail forward, and to fail better. And um, what you don't want is to never fail at all so that when the failure happens that it becomes all at once big, catastrophic, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, failure. Um, I mean, we're talking about failure. We're talking about adversity and the, the big buzzwords for the 2020s, resilience. But actually, you write the real test of your character is not how you deal with adversity, although that will teach you much. The real test is how you deal with power. Can you expand on that idea for us? Yeah. Um, power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So power is... 
very hard to manage. And a lot of people think that they want, you know, to be the richest person in the world, the most famous person, maybe the most powerful person, because usually they don't have any of those things as they're growing up. And it's kind of natural to, to want it. But in fact, um, those are really tough to, to handle. Um, you don't want to be famous. Talk to, to anybody who's famous. You don't really want to be the richest in the world. It's a huge burden. And powerful is very, very, very hard to manage. Um, it's, very, it's very corrupting. Um, and of the powerful people that I've met, the ones that I most admire mm. were ones that acknowledge the role of luck yeah. in their lives that to, to, to say, you know, I'm here mostly, although I worked hard, uh, mostly because I was lucky. I was at the right place at the right time. And that, I would say that's true for myself. Um, my, my stint at Wired, um, I was doing all those kinds of things long before, and then Wired came along and it just happened that the things I was doing at that moment were exactly the right thing at the right time. If I'd done it earlier, which I was doing, it didn't make any difference. It had been later, it had been too <laughs> late. And so um, so I'm in the benefit of, of luck in many, many, many ways. And I think most powerful people, if they were true and honest, would have to admit the same thing, although most of them don't. <laughs> if you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Kevin Kelly having a great conversation with Kevin Kelly. He's the founding editor of Wired Magazine. His position at the magazine now is described as Senior Maverick, and his new book is called Excellent Advice for Living, Wisdom I Wish I'd Known Earlier. And the, the idea, Kevin, is not that I walk through life with this book in my pocket and when I have a choice to make, I scroll through the 450 proverbs to see which one applies. In fact, you've got some advice on how to... I guess, how to absorb this stuff and how to use it. And, and a lot of it comes down to forming the right habits, forming good habits, right? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I, I would say that the little proverbs in this book are more of reminders than mm. anything. They're, some of them are me channeling ancient wisdom, trying to put it into my own words, but things that have been said many times before in the past. There was somebody, this was not in the book, but it was another quote of someone who said, you know, um, everything important has been said already, <laughs> but nobody was listening, so we have to say it again. <laughs> and that's basically what's happening here. And so um, the idea, though, is is that if you can make something a, a habit, then like say honesty or something, you you actually are going to remove it from your cognitive overload. You don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to negotiate about it. It becomes easy because it's a habit. And, um, you know, there's there's a couple of great books on habits. Um, Atomic Habits by, uh, I think, James Clear yeah. is, is highly recommended, um, which talks about how you can form habits. And so what I'm suggesting is there there are other things besides going to the gym that are good habits. There are things like gratitude. Um, there are things like being kind. Those are all habits that one can um, not only cultivate, but you can get better at. Um, you can be optimistic. It's not just a sunny personality. It's a habit. It's something like other anything else. You can actually make it a habit, and you can get better at it. 
you you said that most of this wisdom has been said before in some other way, although I don't think I've ever heard the piece of advice that goes, the quickest checkout line will be the one with the fewest people, no matter the size of their carts. Yeah, yeah. Or or um, uh, if you um, find something that you lost in your household and, and um, don't put it back where you found it, put it back where you first looked for it. That. I don't think Socrates or Confucius <laughs> said those either. Uh, so there, there are there is some practical advice that I have accumulated um, that um, you know is, is put in here. Like I'm known as the Mister Find It in our house. Mm-hmm. I have this uncanny ability to find <laughs> things, and that was because I long ago read this book about uh, literally about how to find things, and. What it is is that it's almost always within arm's reach of where it was last seen. And so the trick in finding things is really to kind of hone in on when it was last seen. And whatever it is, is usually somewhere down in between in the cracks, underneath where you can't see it, under a pillow, whatever it is. <laughs> um, that's the secret to finding things that are lost. And so um, that also was not in the Bible. I'm keen to talk to you about technology, um, one of your areas of expertise. Is there anything about the current moment that reminds you of the early days of the internet in terms of the, the pace of rapid change, the the predictions, the doomsdayers? Um, any thoughts? Well, yeah, there's 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 so many parallels. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the '80s and early, even early '90s convincing people that the internet was more than teenage boys on bulletin boards. And um, it was a very hard sell and nothing really made sense until the web came along because before that it was all typing on computers with code. And um, it was hard to imagine that becoming more Mm. broadly appealing until the web came along what we had called the graphical user interface. So you could see pictures and you can move them around and drag and drop. And um, we're seeing something very, very similar with artificial intelligence, which has been around for years and people ignored it in a certain sense and it was hard to use and um, nothing really was believable about it until just six months ago, last year, we have a conversational user interface. So now you can converse with these AIs and suddenly it's the big bang again. And um, there's this amazement and people are tripping over each other, trying to figure out what it means um, because for the first time they can see it, they can use it, they can converse with it. And and humans are just really biased to the conversational format. So it feels very natural and powerful to us. So yeah, there's lots of parallels I think going on right now. You say, let me get this advice right, don't aim to be the best, be the only. Mm. And and that might be a good way for us to talk about artificial intelligence. Right now, there is an opportunity for our listeners to be the only one in their office or family or book club Mm. who really understands how to use AI. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's several things to say about that. One is my one piece of advice is that most a lot of the stuff that we're using today was not around 20 years ago. Um, 
Facebook and the smartphone and stuff like that. And then 20 years from now, the things that everyone will be talking about, the things that will be dominating the culture have not been invented yet <laughs> today. Um, the big, it's not going to be the big companies who are running it already. The, the most popular AI is not from Google or Microsoft or Facebook or Amazon It's from a startup. And so that means that there are compared to where we'll be 20 years from now, they'll look back and they'll say there were no AI experts in 2023. There were no generative art experts in 2023 compared to what they'll be in, in 2043. So, so you're not late. So this is, this is, this is a, a great time to become experts in the brand new things. Um, and what you want to be doing, if at all possible, this is my advice to young people who are moving into adulthood, who are graduating, say, is you, if at all possible, you want to work in an area where there's no name for what it is that you do. There's no, there's no label. There's no <laughs> language for what it is. It's, it'll take a half hour to describe to your mom what it is that you're doing. That's a good sign. Because that means that you're much more likely to be working at the frontier, working where there isn't competition, as much competition. Because if you're trying to become like the best golfer in the world, there is so much competition and there's only one slot, number one slot. There's only one. Um, that it's, it's very unlikely that, that, it's, that it's going to be suited to you. Whereas you, I'm speaking to the listener right now yeah. or even to anybody who is um, alive, you have a unique combination of talents, like you have a unique face of talents, of experiences, of interests, and that um, that makes you special, really, genuinely, not just buzzword, not just Pollyanna, not just hippie special, really, truly different. But you have to kind of get there. You have to arrive in that understanding and being able to express that. And that's so, so hard when we're all connected to each other 24 hours a day with our phones, right? I mean, it's like um, we're, we're connected so much that it's really hard to let go of what people are hoping for us or expecting from us mm -hmm. or the roles that we have or the movies that we've seen or the types of successes that we've been told about. And so you kind of kind of want to be inventing, if you can, you want, want to invent a, 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 your own way of being successful. And money should only be part of that definition. And so um, you're kind of want to be on the path where you're not just like the best of something, but you're more like the only of something where you're the only one who could do this or the only one who really cares about it to that degree or the only one who's who's willing to do it. And that, that difference is incredibly valuable in this current economy. It's, it's thinking different, being different. That is really the power. And I think actually AI can help us all think a little differently because it's not human-like thinking. It, it thinks weirdly is an alien kind of intelligence. And so therefore you can also use AI to help you be a little different than everybody else. And that weirdness is your feature. It's not a bug. 
the thing that made you weird as a kid can make you great as an adult if you don't lose it. And it's, hmm. it's not losing it that's the really hard part. I love all this, by the way. And um, I might just finish with um, with your thoughts on optimism. I was just thinking about a few years ago in New Zealand, the government made a pledge that we were going to get rid of invasive pests, which are sort of running havoc on our native um, birds and species. And um, and one of the part of the plan was that at some point in the future, someone will invent something that will help get rid of these pests. And people scoffed and said, well, you can't have a plan that relies on something being invented. But it reminds me a bit of your definition of optimism or your thoughts around optimism, where you say to be optimistic you don't have to ignore the multitude of problems we create. You just have to imagine how much our ability to solve problems improves. That is true. I think we can trust the future in a certain weird way. Um, that's one of the things about optimism is that if you take a longer view, even tiny little increments in betterment are compounded over time to be significant. And they are so significant that they can overwhelm even fairly large setbacks and downturns. That's the kind of the beauty of, like, mm -hmm. say, compounding interest. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, other things compound. Things in relationships, the little bit of good that you have, if you can increase your degree of betterment even by 1%, a year that can be compounded over decades. So if you take a longer view of things, it gives you permission to kind of trust the future to overcome today's problems. There will be bigger problems in the future, but beyond that, we will also have better tools and we will solve those bigger problems which will make even bigger problems in the future. But we go on, and what we get out of all that is increasing choices and possibilities. And that's that's what progress is, is basically is increasing possibilities where 100 years ago, certainly 200 years ago, you didn't have much of a choice of what you did with your life. You were a farmer for the most part, blacksmith maybe, and um, you did what you, your family did. And if you were a woman, you had one choice, which was of being a mother. And so um, now we have many different things. And that's why people move to the cities from the little villages is not because the living standards are necessarily nicer. You know, back in the village, it was organic food, beautiful vista. You had strong families and communities, but you had no choice in what you did. And if you go to the city, you lived in a gritty slum somewhere but you had a choice you could be a web designer you could be a mortgage broker you could be a yoga teacher if you wanted to and it's the opening up of possibilities that that's what we get out of technology and progress and i think it allows more of us born and yet unborn to be able to find our own unique set of talents and to share them with the world and that's my mission is to equip everybody in the world to be able to help them work on moving in the direction of being their best version of themselves. Love it. The book's a good place to start. It's called Excellent Advice for Living, Wisdom I Wish I'd Known Earlier. And I've been speaking to Kevin Kelly. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks so much. It was my pleasure. 
It was really great speaking to you. You asked great questions. I love your spirit. Thank you so much.